Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network. On this episode, we're going to get to know more about LA Sparks member Simone Augustus. Yeah, you recognize the name. She's become one of the most recognizable faces in the W, earning MVP honors while leading the Minnesota Lynx. Count them, four rings that she's won with that team. The seven-time All-Star joined us on a media conference call, and we're also going to get Sydney's take on her newest teammate, Simone Augustus. All that right now on Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network. And if you like our show, follow us, like us, rate us. You can find us everywhere on iTunes, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, Google Play. Happy to have you wherever you listen to us. To kick things off, we begin with Eli Horowitz, Director of Public Relations and Communications. Just thank you so much, everyone, for your coverage of the WNBA draft and your coverage of the league. It's been phenomenal to see um, some of the increases in coverage and uh, the ratings of the draft and everything of that nature. Um, But without further ado, I'd like to um, introduce four-time WNBA champion Simone Augustus. Um, and we'll move right into question and answer today. So we will start with Miriam Swanson of the LA Daily News. Uh, my question for you is sort of, uh, you mentioned um, on your Instagram live uh, shortly after you signed with the Sparks that it was going to take you a minute to sort of wrap your mind around um, being teammates with, uh, with players that you've been opponents and rivals with for so long and that training camp and that preseason were going to be important in that regard, um, and obviously that's not happening yet. So I just kind of wonder where you were mentally with the idea of uh, being teammates with these girls you've been going up against for so long. All right. Hi, everyone. Oh, I hope you're well. Uh, to answer your question, um, I've definitely – I had to get – it took a couple of weeks to kind of get over the idea of, um, you know, playing with players, like you said, that we've had intense rivalries, intense games with, but – um, I think it was most important for, like, my family. Like, it was hard for them to kind of transition their mind um, from me going from Minnesota to Los Angeles. Like, um, but they've had reassurance from family members, like, like, you know, about flying out and, you know, going to games and things like that, that they've become comfortable, which made me more comfortable about, you know, the decision and being able to play with these ladies. But, you know, once I got into my mind, like, knowing I'm going to have a chance to play with uh, NECA, Gumake, and Candace, and Chelsea, and Christy, all players that have, um, you know, won at the highest level that we've competed against, like, I know what it feels like um, to play with or be around players, great players. So just the feeling of being able to experience that once again um, is, is what's keeping me uh, focused on not the rivalries in the past tensions, but what the possibilities of the future. Michelle Vocal, ESPN.com. Hi, Simone. Can you, um, with everything that's happened, um, how, what are sort of things you've been doing to, you know, stay in shape, be ready for this season? Do you think it's a, it's a benefit that you are such a veteran that you've been through a lot uh, because there's so much unknown, you know, including when the season may start? Does being a veteran sort of help you um, be ready for anything, basically? Yes, I think so. We we prepare, um, you know, like we prepare like any other season as far as that's our mindset is the same. And as we get older, 
obviously we focus on uh, nutrition, making sure we, we're doing the proper workouts where we're not beating our bodies up, where when we do enter training camp, we're kind of exhausted because of how, how we've been overextending ourselves. So as a vet, I feel like we have that bit of an edge. But as far as, like, workouts for me, it's mainly been, like, therapy, rehab, just continuing to kind of build on um, – the strength and the conditioning to get my quad, my knees to be able to hold myself and, and not have, um, you know, random swell-ups and things that I've experienced in the past, as well as, like I said, my nutrition, n- nutritional part of it is just like eating right and trying to keep my weight down during this quarantine, which is very tough because, you you know, you're just in the house, you're kind of going, going, going about it like two or three hours a day sitting in your house, and then I leave for workout and come back. So I try to get at least two workouts in to try to deal with the fact that we probably eat a little bit more than we normally do, but, um, yeah. Go over to Chuk Nee with the LA Times. Hi, Simone. You were just talking about <clears throat> workouts. What kind of opportunities do you have for workouts? There are no gyms right now. Like, wh- what's your workout situation looking like? What what kind of equipment do you have? What do you use to be able to work out right now? I actually have a full gym, so I'm I'm okay. I have uh, treadmills. Um, um, a little turf that's about 20 yards that I can actually try to sprint with um, a Vertimax. I mean, anything you could probably think of that's at a, a normal gym, I have it in my gym. So um, I'm basically working with um, the LSU strength and conditioning coach, like via Bridge is like an app, and he posts all the workouts that he wants me to do, and then I just kind of go into my gym and, and get it done. Um, so over to Howard Megdahl, High Post Hoops. I was hoping to your take on when you think back and you've shared obviously a lot about your decision-making. Do you feel like there was a breaking point or a moment where you made a decision uh, to change your path from uh, staying in Minnesota to going to LA? If there's something that sticks out as like this sort of definitive moment for you. Um, No, I mean, like I said before, like negotiations didn't go as I expected. And so it, brought up the idea of like, okay, well, I understand where they are as an organization, where I'm at as a player, and it's hard to try to rebuild but also honor and, you know, do the right things by a player that's been there so long. And then me, you know, I'm thinking like end of the road, um, just wanted to go out with a bang. And unfortunately we couldn't come into an agreement on that. And so, like I said, it, it came to – um, opening the door to see what was out there. And honestly, I didn't believe, like I said, that anyone would bite, but L.A. did. They were like one of the first ones that bid on the opportunity for me to come to L.A. Um, and after speaking with Fish and Michael, they were like, we've been looking for a big guard, but we didn't even think that you are in an option because of, you know, the love and the loyalty that I've had with Minnesota. So um, once we started talking, it almost it felt comfortable. It felt genuine. It felt true just uh, speaking with Fish and speaking with Michael as far as, like, the role and where they see the team going and just knowing, like I said, the players that I was going to have around me, um, it really brought, like, an ease to me, a a comfort. I was like, I felt felt right about if I had to make that decision to come that this possibly would be the place that I would be. Given the new CBA, given that there's more freedom of movement, how significant do you think that is, not just for you, but for – players who are able to chart their own paths now in a more significant way going forward? 
like you said, this freedom of movement, like this was the most movement that I think I've experienced in 14 years of, um, you know, seeing free agency and things like that. So players were ready to move, but were locked in, um, you know, contractually a little bit longer than they wanted to be or whatever it was. So now with the new CBA, you've got the movement that players were waiting for. They wanted to make, you know, team up with different teammates or different organizations for whatever reason. And, we're, we were able to do so. We were able to make those decisions. So I think it felt good for a lot of players, like just speaking to some of them that made those moves um, in the offseason. Uh, we'll go over to Ari Chambers with Bleacher Report. Two questions. I heard you say that you have an easing comfort with the, your new teammates. What are some unique um, talks that you've had with them um, coming into the new family setting that you have? And how have you been taking care of your mental health? Because, you know, 2020 has been a turbulent year anyway. And then now there's a new setting and now there's social isolation. Like, how have you been taking care of yourself? Um, to answer the first question, um, I mean, my I've played with NECA overseas, so I was probably the one that I've talked to the most. I've uh, been around Chelsea a little bit with USA Basketball. And just knowing those two, like their personality, like Chelsea's a goofball, like always making people laugh, that, that, that little bit makes me feel more comfortable. NECA knows me in a different way, like we used to – hang out together overseas and she would cook food and stuff. So she's like, oh, you know, come to L.A. The the food here is great, places to go, people to meet, you know, things like that. So the comfort uh, with knowing Candace, you know, as a as a competitor, like the, the only message that I really received from her was like, congrats, glad you're here, let's get it. And to be honest, that's all I really needed to hear from a player, you know, like that. She wants me here, and then we're gonna we're gonna work our our butts off to basically achieve our goal, which is to possibly get a championship, um, you know, for the city. So, and on to the second question, which was how I'm dealing with mental health. Like I've always been a person that that was into yoga and meditation and things like that. So I'm continuing those practices. But being around me and my me and my family, we've always kind of been. A isolated family like we never really got out outgoing people unless it's like a sporting event or something like that so this has actually been very peaceful a peaceful time for us kind of like relearning each other because with the way that women's basketball is set up we play year round and so I will be in and out of town and never really get to spend this kind of time with my family other than around the holidays so it was great to kind of you know get back to to you know learning what my parents who my parents are after 14 years of traveling with basketball, like enjoying those moments again, laughter, and just kind of getting out and doing the things that we normally do. Okay, we'll go over to Doug Feinberg, Associated Press. Hey, Moan, uh, two-part question. Where are you quarantining, Louisiana? And also, what did it tell you your role might be in L.A. Uh, this year when we have a season? Yes, I'm in uh, Louisiana uh, for the quarantine. And as far as my role, they said it would be something like Elena Beard, you know. Um, not necessarily defensive part now, but, um, you know, a veteran player that brings leadership, that's going to play, you know, minutes. I, I'm not showing the minutes and, and this and that. And that really doesn't factor in. It's just when I'm out there, I play my minutes, play them hard, and give the team whatever I got. And we'll just kind of gauge from game to game, practice and get practice, you know, how my body's doing or whatever, you know, as an older player. But for the most part, it's going to be bringing that veteran leadership and obviously playing solid minutes when I'm on the, on the court. Abby, are you with us with H&B Media? Uh, obviously, the roster has changed a little bit since last year. Obviously, adding Chris is a huge um, addition. But 
when you look at the team last year and just examine the roster, what stylistically um, attracts you to uh, play in L.A.? Um, just watching the flow. Um, I remember when they came when they came to Minnesota, it was the Waitlands game. And just the flow, the pace, on uh, the fact that you have, um, I, I guess, basically two agile post players that can play inside and out with Candace and Mecca that just kind of run into drag screens. They can slip screens. Like, you can kind of play off of the openness of the, the, the court with them, um, just kind of like drive and kick, isolation plays, like, you know, the opportunity to, once again, try to, you know, in my older age, be able to try to put somebody on skates if I have a chance to or, you know, get out in transition and, and just kind of play off of that, that flow. Um, was key. Like I, I saw the vibe. That's the that's the way that they beat the Lynx in that particular game. Just kind of attacking um, in transition, and they were bigger. Um, when you think about the defensive side, they just switched a lot of screens. Um, when now people are trying to hone in on maybe icing situations or trapping, like a switch is the easiest way. You're big, you're long, you can cover a lot of ground. So um, just that alone is kind of you know helped me obviously. Um, be excited about playing for the Sparks. I'll go over to Arya Schwartz with Windsider. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your game a little bit. Uh, at this point in your career, you've adjusted your game so many times from a scorer, facilitator, defender. And I think a lot of people think about players as they get later in their career and maybe they kind of diminish or their skills decline. Can you talk about what aspect of your game do you feel kind of excels at your age? Uh, maybe the game's a little bit slower or, or something like that. And then the follow-up was, I know in the past you've talked about this being your last season, and I'm curious kind of where your head's at on that. As far as my game, I've always been perfect at just finding my spots um, and getting there. Like, my jumper has been my bread and butter. Um, but like you said, as you evolve, your game um, changes to maybe I was more defensive-minded when I played with the Lynx in certain years or, or whatever. Um the really and truly the only thing I see diminishes is like you, you feel like you're a half a step slow when you're going against Diamond the Shields or some players like that, but you figure out how to, um, you know, kind of use your maybe size and length to your advantage against players like that that have a little bit more quickness um, on you on the defensive end and on the offensive end. It's just playing off of people. I've always been great at just reading um, what's going on. And like I said, when you have players that are they're like, like Necker and Candace who are super smart and people have to pay so much attention to, it really does open up the floor for you to be able to, you know, be as effective as you need to be to kind of free them up and, um, you know, keep double teams off of them or as much focus off of them. Um, and what was the second question? I forgot. I uh you you had spoken in the past about possibly this being your last season, um, kind of a farewell tour to a degree. Any any thought? What's your mindset on that? Uh, I think I'm going to go through the season, but to be honest, my mind is kind of open um, on to coming back, and a lot of that factors in if we do have a season, how well I play this season, how my body feels, how my mind feels. But I'm not close to to to, um, to maybe playing another season if possible. Amanda Scurlock with the LA Sentinel. Tell me about your years. Tell me about your years playing um, with Team USA in the Olympics, and how that helped you improve your game. Oh, um, just—I mean, there's a long history with USA basketball, even from like my teenage years. Um, USA basketball is one of the first places that you know I got cut from, and so that built a. Um, 
you know, a type of uh, work ethic and confidence that I needed to have to go out and be able to play. Like, I was a great player, but I had to learn how to play with other great players. That's what USA basketball is about. Like, you know, you can't come here and score 20 points a game. You have to find something that you're great at that maybe another player is kind of weak at and kind of stay in that little niche and, and do that to the best of your abilities. And, you know, for the most part, I had great vets around me. I had uh, Katie Smith. Uh, Tina Thompson, like those ladies kind of took me under their wing and guided me and showed me, you know, how to adapt to USA basketball, how to play your role, how to how to fit in. And that basically helped shape and mold, you know, my mindset as far as how to approach that, um, how to approach the USA basketball thing. But as far as like my game, I learned how to play. That's what I'm saying. I learned how to play off of people well. I learned how to pick my spots to to get to do what I needed to do to be effective. I I learned how to be a leader um from the bench, you know, which is difficult for a player that that starts on your WNBA team and everything, but I became a bench vet where people came to ask for advice like how do I do this? How do I play that? Like just in October, like I remember Skylar Dickens walking walking over um to the bench in the Stanford game and was like, you know, how how else could I could have played that pick and roll with the shooter? Like, should I get up or should I stay back? And I'm you know, I'm sitting here feeling like an old head, like, oh well you could have did it this way. So, um just from my teenage years through my professional uh career, USA basketball has really helped me become um a more complete player physically and mentally. With no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but check this out. BetOnline has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. And sports aren't totally done, right? We have eSports, and how about a $750,000 poker series on BetOnline.ag? You heard me right. $750,000 poker series. So there's still fun to be had. Just go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. I'm Zach Boyer with The Athletic. But I know we've kind of alluded to, you know, over the course of this call, having not gotten to LA yet, but um, have you began that process at, at all? Like, have you started looking for places? I'm just curious because, you know, all this goes down after you sign your contract, but I, I just, are you in limbo somehow? Do you have any idea what it would be like when you get to LA? Have you found a place to live? Any of that kind of stuff? I think, uh, team housing, <laughs> that's, uh, what I'll be living in. I don't, I'm not looking for my own, uh, place. But yeah, okay. I had packed up. I was ready to go. Um, I'm ready whenever, the season is ready to go. My bags have been packed for a while. So um, once once they, you know, uh, lift the, the travel and everything, then I'll be ready. David Yapswitz with High Post Hoops. You know, coming to L.A., um, they've got two uh, experienced ball handlers there, and uh, Chelsea Gray and uh, Christy Tolliver. You know, Candace Parker is a bit of a point forward, too. Um, throughout your career, you know, you've been somebody that, you know, you've had the ball in your hands. You know, you've been a shot creator. But, you know, maybe, you know, playing with them, looking in terms of your own career, do you think that maybe, you know, this can prolong your career a little bit, you know, getting to play a little bit off ball and stuff like that? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I'd say off ball, uh, a good portion of, of the time. Um, I mean, Waylon had the ball and I had more times than I did in Minnesota. And it'll be the same with Chelsea. Well, actually, Chelsea will have the ball in their hand, but like you say, anybody can bring it up, and that's, 
that's the beauty in this team. Like you can just grab it off the rim and kind of go um, depending. But like you said, I can also spot up and, you know, wait for my time and allow them to do what they need to do in pick and roll situations or whatever sets that we're running. So just on that, not obviously being the focal point, you're going to have 60% of the, 60% of the plays ran for you. Like, yeah, it does uh, prolong your career as you're not the focal point of the team. So it's a possibility, yeah. To John W. Davis with Winsack, are there any off-the-court opportunities you're looking forward to in L.A. professionally and uh, personally? Yeah, um, I've been talking about this clothing line that I've been trying to start, um, you know, with WNBA apparel or whatever. Seeming that I read all the Twitter feeds and everybody's like, I need apparel, I need this, I need that. I just came up with an idea to just try to start producing stuff that I thought was cool. So, you know, being in L.A. Um, and knowing the fashion scene, seeing how well Cappy has been doing in the fashion world uh, since being in L.A. and everything, um, I think the opportunity to play there um, will help me as uh, off the court as well with that business venture. When we return, we'll hear from Sydney Weiss and her impressions of her newest teammate, Simone Augustus. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for you. It's different for me. One thing is certain. Every day, there's an opportunity to win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab and go. Every day giftable. Every day fun. The new lucky number scratcher from the Virginia Lottery. 32 chances to win $500,000 plus four bonus games. Stop by your closest retailer and check it out. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. Welcome back to Believe in Spark. Sydney, what is your thought of having Simone Augustus as a new teammate? Well, I've had the opportunity um, to get to know her a little bit through USA Basketball. Um, we had a training camp, and that was my um, first time interacting with her person to person. Um, and not competitor, competitor or fan to athlete because when I was a kid, she was one of my like favorite players. Like I've always looked up to her. I've always admired her game. I've always admired the way that she carries herself, the way that she competes. And now um, it's so amazing to me to be at this level, to have this opportunity to learn from her, to be on the same team as her. It's like, it doesn't even seem real to me sometimes. And so Obviously, the proof is in the pudding, her championships, her her legacy with the Lynx, um, how she competes, like I said, uh, her skills. She's so shifty. She's so fun to watch. Um, and I think now she's been through the wars. She's been through all these different experiences as a competitor, and she brings that to our team. She brings knowledge. She brings a steadiness. And so I think when you're someone who has gone through these experiences, through the wars, has lived in the trenches – now it's like, I've seen it all. There's really nothing that can throw her off her center. Um, and she's going to bring that um, even keel personality to our group. And she also has a special um, outgoing, outgoing and easygoing personality herself. And so uh, it's going to be really fun. And I'm fortunate to get to know her and to work with her um, this upcoming season. And Sparks fans definitely cannot wait to get this season started and see Simone Augustus in action. It was super interesting to hear Simone talk about wrapping her brain around now calling teammates the women she used to compete so hard against. It'll be a fun season indeed. 
As always, thanks for listening to Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network. Follow Sydney Weiss at SweetBaby24 on social media, and I'm at Stacy Pates. This has been a presentation of BetOnline.ag. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.